Have you heard that bang in the garage in the middle of the night? Could it have been a spring or a garage door has broken? Call the experts at Precision Door Service. Two numbers to contact them. Area code 708-474-6657 or 219-306-8155. They can always be reached online at precisiongarage-door.com. Those numbers again, in case of emergency, with your garage door, Precision Door Service at 708-474-6657 or 219-306-8155. You can always get them online at precisiongarage-door.com. Thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Uh, today we are going to land this plane and finish talking with Bob. Before we do that, uh, thanks to Larry and Sandy. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Danielle. And thanks to um, uh, Esther, uh, Payrock, and D'Lo. So let's let's finish this thing up, Bob. Let's do it. We left off with... Me going to Faith Church. You had been there uh, five, six years. It started something new. Um, in short time, um, maybe eight years, we moved um, to a new state. Yep. To a bigger building. Yep. Um, bigger parking. Yep. Bigger staff. Yep. And then things, things, did they take off or did they get hard? It, it's always been hard and easy. Is that a politically correct answer? Yeah. It was, it's always been hard. Yeah. It exploded. I mean, a church went from 900 to 2,200 in less than a year. A couple months. 900 in that little 300 seat church in South Holland yep. was big. Yeah. 900 in the new building was good size. Mm-hmm. 2,200 within six months or so. How did you sustain, uh, sustain, how did you handle, uh, let's just cut it out. How did you handle success? Yeah. Um, part of it, Clayton, I would answer it being my understanding of God's word and my theological background, that it isn't about me. And that may sound really um, cliche, cliche, but it's true. I'm a big, huge John Calvin fan. He's the father of the Reform- Reformation, one of the fathers with Martin Luther. And I, I studied him profoundly and a lot. I've read, I have 77 books, I think, on him. And I got to know him really well. And I realized that he was so significant, but yet insignificant in himself and his humility was part of it. And so I I wrestled hard with keeping myself very much ordinary in spite of the fact that it was extraordinary growth. A lot of churches don't experience this kind of growth. Did you, did you feel 
the extraordinariness of it? I knew that God was doing something uh, that that he was doing that was going to be high impact. I knew that all along. I sensed that in my gut from early on. Um, it was hard. There were different kinds of hard. There was the hard of finding the right staff and sometimes it wouldn't be good mixes and that was hard to get work through. There was hard cases of people that were really broken. There was hard decisions that had to be made. But there's also at the same time simultaneously incredible, it continues to be incredible, joyful things that sustain me. Um, Some mistakes, Mm -hmm. some missteps, um, but a good church. Oh, yeah. What is it like to look out to a sea of people, some that you don't know, most probably now because it's a fairly big place, some that you know dearly and love, some people that you probably, well, some people that you probably know have a problem or have said bad things about you or to you or whatever. What is it like to stand in front of those people and try and open the word of God? Um, it's it's invigorating. I like it. I enjoy it because I I know that the 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 word of God is true. I believe that I stand on that completely. I know that I have been given gifts to be able to communicate um an alive word of God into live souls. Not perfectly. But I, I know there's a way that the body of Christ affirms itself. I love the thought that I can bring something to believers and those who are new to the faith, something that could strengthen their walk with the Lord. And that really excites me. Um, did you, could you ever imagine, now let's just put this into the flesh. Did you ever imagine that you would lead, senior pastor, shepherd, something this large? That's a hard question to answer. Uh, there were times where I had not visions as in like supernatural visions, like I didn't see pictures or anything like that, but I, I knew that the giftings that I, God gave me of evangelism, discipleship, leadership. Interpersonal skill. Yeah, and my, um, you know, I think my ordinariness personality-wise, that there could be. I wanted something. I wanted to be part of a movement. To be honest with you, your ordinariness. You you referred to this a couple of times, and I wanted to help to demystify that. You mean because you're just approachable, Bob. You're not that pastor on the pedestal, right? That's untouchable. Nobody can talk right. to. Right. I I really like being. I like being ordinary, and I know that's sometimes hard to imagine for people that say, "Oh, there's the pastor of right. this large mega church," and I go. No, I'm pretty – I like being ordinary. I mean I, I envision myself when I retire someday that I will be the person handing out programs to the church. Which is what your dad did. Yeah, exactly. He's a good model of retirement. He retired and and you pastored him. Yeah. Um, you came to South Holland. You had, you had, a, you had a third, yeah. your one and only son. Uh-huh. Uh, you had a fourth. Yeah. Uh, Carly. Which is Carly, yeah. With her, with her lisp. Right? Yeah, yeah. Back then, I she had a cute her, little uh, lisp. Being one of one of our actresses, yeah, yeah. Kind of she remembers that fondly. Uh, um, were you a good dad? I think I was a decent dad. Yeah, because it's hard, right? Uh, not yeah. only in today's world, but but leading. I mean, being my a dad kids. Kid. I, I because I was a minister's kid, I knew a lot. That was part of it too. 
I think there was a season where I was so busy that I was present but not always attuned to the children. And I I feel bad about that because the ministry was so demanding, so busy that I was present. Like I would be home and I had boundaries. Like I would say to the board, I said, hey, I, I can't be out more than two nights a week and beyond this because I have a family. And they all agreed and they put the bond. But sometimes you couldn't be. Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility. But I, 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 the kids all know I love them. And we talked about this. We've talked even – I've told them, I said, I, I feel bad about a season where I, I would be present but I really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Were those was that was that pretty much 2000 through 2010? I think so. It was uh, the busyness of get, when we moved into the new site, especially. Well, and the other site in South Island was four weekend services. Yeah, and that was busy. And we had midweek service. Um, My kids all love the Lord. Yeah, which it, is really awesome. And not one of them. I don't. I, I don't know them all terribly personally well. But not not any one of them has been that rebellious. No. No. Pastor's kid. You know, no. No, crack, they, no crackheads, right? <laughs> no crackheads. No. Um, were you, are you a good husband? I think so. Lori would say so. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Lori and I have a great relationship. We don't have huge blow ups. We, we did when, of course, we were younger. I mean, not, I think every couple does. I mean, I assume they do. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have any, I didn't have any moments where I'm like, oh, I want to end this or anything like that. I love my wife dearly, and I, she's she's my soulmate. She's one God designed for me, and we have a great – we sustained it all. I mean, we never lost contact, you know, even though things are really busy. She She's the real deal. Um, you're a man, um, which makes you imperfect. Yep. Uh, sinful. Yep. I'm assuming now I know you pretty well. I'm assuming there's not a prevailing character flaw sin. We've talked about some of our heroes, right? Yeah. We've talked about in our life. We've talked about Ted Haggard. Yeah, uh, I and, knew him, and right, Ted I Haggard know, and yeah. Bill Hybels. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. talked, and I remember asking you, Bob, how, 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 why, how, what, and I think you said to me there there are three things that stops a man from falling like this. One is introspection. Yeah. Always be looking inward, making sure you're remaining true to who you say you are. Uh, two is accountability. Yeah. Staying close with other people to yep. keep you accountable. And three is authentic authenticity in life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Being true to those people who you know to be inside of you. Um, where do you go? Who do, who do you – look – I mean, you know, if you went to your board and said, "I'm, I'm having this sin issue," you're fired. Yeah, so you can't go to your board. Right. Um, do you have buddies? Yeah, do you have yeah, yeah. friends, yeah. guys that you yeah. can get yeah. this off your chest? Oh, absolutely. Whatever it is. Sometimes it's real formal. Like I, there was a season where I had two elders I pulled aside that I trusted and said, "You're my Aaron and her, and I need to be able to talk to you about anything, anytime, please." And they said, "Absolutely." And that was a season where they kept me, you know, they would, in fact, one of them actually said to me, Bob, there was a meeting where I thought you were a little self-centered. And I remember going like, in my, my flesh, going like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Then I remember snapping out of that and going like, no, I asked him to do that. And I apologized. I said, you know what? You're right. There was, I, w- I was a little vindictive there because I was ticked off at that person. He goes, yeah, we could, I could tell. 
Um, I think then there's informality of friendships. Like you, Clayton, um, natural, because you and I have such honest conversations all our lives together. Brian Campstra, pastor, business guy who was a dear friend of mine. I know I can call him day or night, and I have. And he, for me, I have a college – my college roommate who's a doctor in Iowa, I call him every Saturday morning when I'm preaching, pretty much every Saturday, and I take him through my sermon and he listens. He gives me advice. He's One time he, I, I, I talked him through my sermon. He goes, Bob, where's Jesus in this thing? This right. is a good rotary message. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good point. Yeah. And so there's a, a seasons, form, formal and informal, of people that I've allowed to take a role of keeping me walking the authentic walk that you talk about. How do you not become how do you how do you not believe your own hype? Is that guys like me that are constantly busting well, <laughs> keeping you chopped yeah, down? Yeah, there's part of my anatomy that hurts because you yeah. keep busting me. No, I think part of it is um, theological, which I told you before, understanding that. I think it's being willing to be accountable. Um, I'm scared of what could be. Yeah. I've, I've never really had that traumatic sin temptation that would just destroy my ministry. Like, I don't have anything like, oh, if you did this, there's you're no, out. There's no me too in you. But I, I didn't want to be those pastors. I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be a story. Um, and I, I want... I I can authentically say to you, Clayton, I want to finish well. I want to start well, mid, and I want to finish well. So we about finish. Um, I think you're sixty. What do you? I'm not going to hold you to anything. No. But what do you? What do you? Do you? Do you want to retire? I mean, do do you want to go until you're eighty and <laughs> and drop dead? Do you want to have some years where you're not? engaged and active? Yeah, I want that. I, I, yeah, I want that. You do? Yeah. Um, I think COVID rocked a lot of pastors, and it rocked me because, quite honestly, some of the people listening to this were mad at me, maybe, and the other side were happy with me. Well, you and reacted the way you didn't react, everything. whatever, right? It was, everything and that, under took, that took a toll on me. It's the first time I, during COVID, it's the first time I said to myself, boy, I wish I was in the end zone from time to time. I, I can see myself not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah. And then the fire's coming back. I really want to finish well. I want to do what I do well. I think I'm I'm a cheerleader of the gospel. I love communicating. I love leading. Um, there's things that I would like to start to get rid of more and more to prepare for a day where I'd say, you know what? I, I'd like to hand out po- programs. <laughs> You certainly are in the position, and you certainly have a staff uh, and an elder board who who can start moving into some of those places mm-hmm. to to help make your last ten years of full time vocational ministry your best. Yeah, I pray that. What are you hopeful for in the future? I'm hopeful for a wonderful handoff. I'm, I really you want to succeed it well. I do. Yeah. I, I I want to get out of the way. Um, I want to be normal when I retire. I want people to go like, oh, Bob, you know, not, oh, there's Pastor Bob. You know? yeah. um, I want to be healthy. I can enjoy my grandchildren, my children, my friends like you guys more. I'm still a very busy guy, and God gave me a high level of energy, so I'm not intimidated by the energy. Yeah, you'll always be busy, even even. I, think so. You'll, I you'll, think so. You will remain in ministry yep. work and family work. Um, what's some of the hard stuff? of full-time pastoral ministry? Um, decisions that I know will cause some people hurt. Uh-huh. 
that's hard in ministry. I'm wearing out of that. It's like, oh, if I make this decision, with it's going to cause this person to be unhappy. And this and, and, and that gets that wears on me. What's the question again? That's how tired I am with some time of ministry. What'd you say? Uh, what are some of the tough things? The yeah, hard things? tough things are. Um, you're senior leader, but you really are elder and consistory and deacon run, yeah. and so that's a weird dynamic in our church. So there's like. I'm the senior pastor, but I can't make senior decision because it will say like, well, you can't do that because the right. board makes a decision. That is always a weird and awkward and hard thing. I, like, is it is it right? If you get the senior pastor too much authority, you have casualties. You don't give him enough authority, you got stagnation. And I don't know if I've ever figured out that balance. I think there's some seasons that you've you gotten it right. Some seasons, most seasons, yeah. it's not it's not a good balance. Yep. And in it also who who's on the board. Yeah. If there's a like I always tell I teach people this in the U-turn ministries. I go, you really want a board that's a green light board. You don't want even a yellow board, yellow light board, or a red light. Red light boards are like no, everything answers no. Right. Yellow's like I don't know. We need more research. I tend to like green light boards because by the time it gets to a board, more than likely the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. What's um, what are some of the good things of ministry and your job? Oh, good things are hearing the story of uh, a woman who was addicted to drugs, stumbled into faith church. The Lord found her. She cleaned her life up. She got a job. She's serving the poor. She, I helped her move into a new house, her her first house with a bunch of people. Fun for me is running with the running team from Faith Church and enjoying the friendship early in the morning. Fun is when worship services come together and you see lives being changed. Um, Last, a couple weeks ago, we had kind of a spiritual altar call with prayer and I opened my eyes and see people just, just there. That just warms my heart. Driving back home after a, a weekend of worship that God has used me and the ministry of the church to really touch lives and growing down the 77th Avenue and saying, God, thank you. I want to be like that one leper that turned around and said, thanks. It's been a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, any regrets? I probably didn't understand the leadership gift early enough. Um, I was too timid. I wish I would have led earlier on. Um, yeah, the regret of being a little bit more engaged at home. Um, but that was a weird season because I, I j- you just had to do what you had to do. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I regret. I mean, there there's people that left the church that hurt me deeply, and I didn't probably handle that. Like, sometimes, um, sometimes people leave, go to different churches because they're called. Uh Sometimes they leave go to different churches because something ticked them off, right? Or sometimes they they left for any number of reasons. But you always take it personally, yeah. And I don't mean you, Bob. People, I mean you, leader, you, pastor, take it personally. Yeah, people don't realize how human we are. Yeah, and there's a rejection. And it hurts. Rejections hurt. And being in your your position, there there's a certain character quality, a, a makeup of of people 
that can do your position. I think, first of all, you, you know, obviously you have to love the Lord and, and want to talk about him and his stories. Second of all, you have to be a public speaker, yeah. right? You cannot be a public speaker unless you're a public speaker. You, you also need to be a leader. But but also you need you need to be a bit of a people pleaser, yeah. uh, n- not to the point where it's a problem, right. but you want people to like you. Yeah. And so is it fair to say that when people leave – it feels as an affront to you. Yeah. It's not. Right. And not always, maybe right. sometimes, but it feels bad to you. Yeah. And I have to, I have to, pro- every time that happens, I have to process it spiritually. I have to go like, okay, Lord, this is your kingdom, your king. Uh, I understand that I'm here for this bl- little blip on earth and my heavenly home is there. Yeah. It, 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 it is. Not devastating, but it is hurtful. Yeah, and I, I think people don't realize that. Why is church so important to us? I mean, why why do I get angry about a thing that happens at church more than I do about a thing that happens in the world? Or why do I get so upset about the color of the carpet? Or why am I so invested in church to the point where I, I get so angry about a decision or a thing or a whatever? I don't. I don't know. I think it's you know some of it's that my church mentality. Like you're messing with my church, and I've always said this isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is God's church. It's the bride of Christ. And that's helped me a lot. That I, I'm. I'm just making a bride look pretty for the wedding day. Um. What does heaven look like? I think it's the per- it's it's the perfect church. It's the, when the best moments of ch- God's church, whether it's you and I praying in the room, hour and a half with a bunch of guys praying like crazy, it's that worship service, it's that event that's it's a discipleship that's taking place, a conversion. It's the best of church, perfect. Anything else? What do we got? I mean, anything else? Any, any, anything that you want the world to know? Anything? Yes. Be an ally to the church. Yeah. So be an ally to the pastor. So you still believe, Bob? You still believe that Jesus is the hope of the world? I do. You still believe that the church is the hope of the world? Uh, the absolute biggest, bestest in the whole world, hope of the world, is the church. And I am pro-church. I think people should be engaged in the community of the church. Absolutely. It's life-transforming. It is – like I said, if I quit today, which I'm not, tomorrow I'd be in the church serving because it's that real and that wonderful. We live in, a, in, in, in pretty dark days. It's, it's easy to be discouraged um, by, by the news and the political and the race and the um, – it, it's, it, it's getting dark. Is there hope? Yeah, I'm an optimist. I think, I think the gospel is optimism. I think it's uh, it may get darker in the world, but the church will get lighter and brighter. And yeah. that is the promise at the end, right? It is. Um, so love God, love the church. Love God, love one another. Defend, defend the church. Yeah, absolutely. It's a get beautiful. Involved. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. I know it has made a all the difference. In my life, yeah, I, I thank I, you, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for thank you not only for your time here in the studio, 
Uh, I think after this, we are uh, producing a True Life Crime of the Bible, so it's good to have you as, as a guest for yeah, that. thank you. Uh, that'll be fun. That should come out on, on Christmas. Um, I think I think that these these will probably be coming out at, after the first of the year. Okay. Uh, so so January sometime. Bob, I can't thank you enough for you. for being in here for for being um, my pastor mentor uh, for many years. Thanks thanks for being my friend. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thanks you're you're a true friend for everything that you you have done and have have meant to me and, and to this community. Uh, before we let you go, we do have the James Lipton questions for you. So we're <laughs> going to rattle off some questions and just see what you think. Let's make sure we keep it clean. Okay, Bobby? Okay, I promise. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Number one, what is your favorite word? Literally. Literally. Number two, what is your least favorite oh, word? Oh, wait a minute. Wackadoodle is my favorite lately. Oh, you like you. I like wackadoodle. You like wackadoodle. Yeah. Okay, go uh, that's your first. That's your first favorite word. Your second favorite word is literally. Okay. Yes. Then what's what's your least favorite word? No. Ooh, hate being told no. Number three. Keep it clean. What turns you on or excites you? Oh, jeez. Running. Running. You like to run. I love to run. Uh, what then? What turns you off? Sitting. Um. What turns me off? Traffic. Oh, you don't. Yeah, you don't like to sit. Yeah, I hate you to sit. sit. You're right. What sound or noise do you love? Birds. What sound or noise do you hate? Barking neighbor dogs. What profession other than your own would you like to try? An attorney. What profession other than the one you have would you least like to try? A scientist in a lab by myself. Um, to be alone. Be alone. No people. Here's a good one. If God exists and we believe that he does, what would you love to hear him say when you go and meet him? You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, well done. done. Well done. Well done, Bob. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks. brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Guys. This is Clayton from 316 Creative Works. You're watching another 316 podcast talking with my friend Bob. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out 316 Podcast. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, just a reminder where you can catch us. You can always catch us on Facebook. That's 316 Podcasts. Uh, and if you just want to stream and listen, we're on uh, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Apple. What else is out there? Wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, that's 316 Podcasts. So that's the number three, the word 16 Podcasts with an S. Or you can always email us at 316podcast at gmail.com. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Thanks for watching 316 Podcasts. Thanks, guys.